for the queen. Sisters manifesting their dreams. Get your cream by any means and being with self-esteem. Beauty supreme and booty walk so mean. The way you fit in them jeans, you eat your cornbread and greens. Dance or a doctor, red wine or vodka. Redesign your spot and redefine your mantra. Retwist your locks and realign your chakras. Doing your squats and getting closer to God, huh? Brunching with your squad or taking a girl's trip. Adjust your crown, you guys give to the world, sis. Celestial body, drink your water. Meditate, sun kiss goddess, heavenly order. Levitate, tribe of Ashanti. Black girl magic, melanin popping. Whether you ratchet or lavish, whether you bougie or savage, you a gift and a treasure. You got to love a black girl getting a shift together. Black girls are getting a shift together. These black girls getting a shift together, man. These black girls are getting a shift together. These black girls getting a shift together, dog. Hello, everyone. This is Ursula from Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together. I hope everyone is having a wonderful evening. So once you get inside here in the, the podcast, the broadcast, just type your names in. Let me see who's on here. But tonight I have a special guest. Her name is Erica. So I am going to have Erica join us. Hi, beautiful. Hey, how are you? <laughs> I'm well, Erica. Thank you for joining us tonight. So happy. So as everyone knows, the election is coming up. And some people are like lay people like myself. I mean, we know the basics. But I have this lovely lady on here who is so well involved with politics. So that's why she's here. She's going to give us some insight. But I just want to let people know how Erica and I met. We met through a mutual friend, Tanya Johnson, who's the owner of Yoga with Freedom. It's a yoga studio in Stone Mountain, Georgia. And she had a grand opening of that beautiful studio. And Erica and I, we have met each other on online because <laughs> we have a gazillion Facebook friends, mutual friends. But when I saw her at Tanya's studio, we clicked instantly and I told her how much I admire her political awareness. And I told her, do you remember this, Erica? I said, you know what, Erica, you should start a pot, um, like a blog or something or a Facebook page for us lay people who who we know the do you remember that? Yes and I know I haven't done that. Um I see you no, calling me out. <laughs> you know it really wasn't a call out. I just missed out like it, but it really wasn't <laughs> you know what my call out is the sketch. <laughs> but it's just so funny how everything comes full circle. Because when I said that to you, I had no idea we would be on this platform right here, right now, like this. Talk about manifestation, right? My God. So you all, before we get a, a deep dive with Erica, I'm just going to read a little bit of her, a bio. So Erica was born in Mobile, Alabama. She received her BS from Alabama A&M. She has a master's from DeVry University in additional postgraduate studies 
uh, were completed at the University of Alabama. Okay, roll tide. Okay. <laughs> and Erica is a member of Leadership DeKalb Class of 2021, a member of Junior League DeKalb, a member of NAACP DeKalb Chapter, and a member of the National Council of Negro Women DeKalb Chapter. And we're going to touch on this a little towards the end of this broadcast, but Erica also served on the board of trustees of the National Multiple Sclerosis Society, the Georgia chapter. That is very impressive, ma'am. That's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. And that's great. I think that's pretty <laughs> impressive. So what I want to do is ask you, how did you get involved with politics? Well, I was at a race. I used to run a lot, but <laughs> I don't run as much as I used to. That, um, but I was mutual friends, you know, from the running group. <laughs> so uh, maybe 2021, I'll try to do better. But um, but I was at a race, and I was talking to a friend of mine, Adrian, um, who was Adrian White. Adrian White, who was the heavily involved political guru of Georgia. Um, and I told her casually, I said, hey, you know, can you send me, you know, some information on some of the events that you go to? And this was this was right before things heated up with um Hillary Clinton. So this was like end of 2015, um, when this when she and I had this conversation. Mm -hmm. And I honestly wasn't expecting much. I promise within the next week, um, she was flooding my inbox with, hey, here's an event. Here's an event. Come out. Come out to this event. Wow. So I showed up um, and I am really not the type of person to just show up to these type of events. But it's like, you know what? I'll go and see what it's about. You know, because I right. do want to get involved. So just let me. I went and I had to think about what it was, but it was actually an event for Julian Castro who at the time was um, over Hood. Of course, you know, he did run for president um, for this cycle on the Democrat ticket. And right. after that, it was, okay, this was a good event. Started going to more events. Um, just started showing up. And that's what I tell people, just show up. Um, once mm -hmm. you start showing up, it will you will start getting involved. Um, I joined Red Clay as a member it's a PAC, uh, Political Action Committee here in Georgia. Okay. Uh, now I sit on the, I went from member to board, now I'm on the board of directors for uh, wow. Red Clay. Um, so I just kept showing up to events and a few months after is when Hillary Clinton got the nomination and I said, okay, I want to get involved with her campaign. I found an event, showed up. Um, about a week later, I heard from the her field director in Georgia and was uh -huh. like, I want you to help co-host 12 weeks of phone banking for, for women. It was like Women Wednesdays. And for 12 weeks, we hosted phone banking. So at that point, things really took off. So since then, I have worked with state candidates, local candidates on their campaigns uh, here in Georgia. And it has been nonstop. Um, <laughs> but being in, getting that type of involved in politics, I would say it made me more informed. Um, I used to be one of the people who would probably look at the amendments 
um, like when I got to the voting booth, like uh, what's what's this amendment right here? Now I'm informed on the amendments before I show up at the voting booth. Um, I know the candidates um, before I get there. I know what where they stand on issues. So I'm not just pushing a name that looks familiar or, OK, they're on my ticket. I'll go ahead and vote for them. Right. I have their background information. Um, and now I feel more confident to contact them uh, when I have an issue because that's right. what they are there for. And a lot of times we, we don't do that. We don't contact our state, our local representatives when there's an issue. We may talk about it on Facebook, but no, mm -hmm. we need to email them, go to their Facebook page, call them. So now I have the tools to do that and know the importance of doing that. Right. And I will admit in my early voting career, I will say this, if the person looked look familiar, I would, okay, look, I didn't do my homework. I mean, and that is dangerous. But just to let everybody know that knowing and getting involved in our local politics as well as national, that's also self-care because these are the counties we live in. This is the country that we live in, especially with today's social climate, which is, it's scary, but that is also well, I tell people, mm -hmm. I tell people state politics matter. So many times we only get involved, like now it's a presidential election. Of course, mm -hmm. the president, as we know, is important. We're going to just not talk about all that. But of course, mm -hmm. we know who we choose as president is important. Uh, but who we choose to represent us on in the state house, because mm -hmm. the people in the state house are the ones that are in charge of the budgets in the state. So they could be cutting funding to programs that you are utilizing every single day here in the state of Georgia or whatever state you live in. Same on the local level, same on your school superintendents. Um, I'm sometimes I'm amazed that people who don't know who represents them, even on the city council, they're like, um, I, I did, you know, I don't know that person. It's like, but this yeah. person is in your district, you know. So it's right. important that we not only lift up federal, but we lift up state and local politics. Exactly. And real quick, anybody, because there's people that are coming in. A lot of people are coming in now. If you all have already early voted, click a like button or love, no, put the love button on it or type your name in the comments so that we can see. Oh, somebody is on here. Let's see. Hey, Tiffany. <laughs> so let me ask you this. If, um, if, uh, what's your opinion about the absentee? voting? I personally have no, I did actually, I did absentee in June uh, for the Georgia primary because I did not okay. feel comfortable at that time voting in person. Um, this is what I will say about absentee ballots. A lot of times people don't fill them out correctly. They forget signatures um, and then they get kicked back. They don't fill in the circles correctly. They get kicked back. They will look for any reason to kick. Can you explain everybody what kickback means? Just they won't case. count they your vote. They they will not count your vote. They look for any reason not to count your vote. Um, I read a study the other day that said that a lot of votes, and I forgot the state, 
were sent were not counted because they did not sign the back of the envelope because there is wow. on the back of there are two envelopes that you get for the um, absentee ballots. You have to right. sign the back of that envelope. People didn't know that. So guess what? Their vote didn't count. Oh so it's God. important that you review that ballot. I mean, you go, you need to go through that absentee ballot, like line by line to make sure you are not missing anything. Make sure mm -hmm. those circles are completely filled in, no check marks, no half check marks, no. fill it in completely because, and make sure your signature looks like the signature that's on your license. Mm, I didn't know that. They could, also, they could also say the signatures don't match. Now that was um, turned over here in Georgia years ago. Georgia tried to have that exact match law, but thankfully they, the courts <laughs> ruled against that. <laughs> but that could still be going on in other states. So please try to make sure your signature looks close like as it does on, on your license. Uh, because wow. when I tell you they look for any reason not to count your vote, any reason they can find, they will not count your vote. Um, mm. So, if, and also if you're doing absentee and you haven't already sent in your absentee ballot, please do not put it in the mail. <laughs> the mail is running super slow right now. Please, please go to an official ballot, absentee ballot drop box. Um, you can find that. You can go to your Board of Elections website. Um, you can go, we'll talk about it later. My voter page will tell you exactly where to go. But please drop that off in a ballot drop box in your county. These absentee ballots have to be in by 7 p.m., November 3rd, not postmarked, because before the law has said if it's postmarked, on the by, on November third, they would count it after the fact. Not anymore. The courts overruled mm. it. So, so let me be a lesson in there. I'm sorry, honey. Go ahead. What? No, 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 go ahead. I was gonna tell everybody. Let this be a lesson. If you can vote early, just do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. I mean, if if you if you're able to do it because I've been caught out there before waiting until the day of, it was not pretty whatsoever. But um, I mean, I voted early Friday and I was in and out in 30 minutes. So just if you can vote early, just please do it. We don't need any foolishness. <laughs> we need as many votes as we can. Would you agree, Erica? <laughs> uh. We, yeah, but I tell you right now, every vote matters. Every single, please, if you've already voted, check with your neighbors. I tell people your church friends, your your social friends, your your, your kicking partners, whoever, babe, boo, all these people that you hang out with. Please make sure they have voted. Make sure they have a plan to vote. If you got to help them get to the polls, you help them get to the polls. Um, but we need every single vote if we want to see this country go in another direction. Absolutely. So I'm using my platform to help people get out and vote like tonight. So what about people who do not have a podcast? What about people who want to get involved, but they don't know how? Any suggestions? One thing I would tell you to do is a go to find your a local state candidate. I know we talk about, of course, Joe Biden than the other person that's running, uh, but a lot of our local and state 
candidates, they need your help. So go to their websites, sign up to volunteer. Now I know people hate phone banking and I seem to be the queen of phone banking, but people hate phone banking. But besides Can you phone banking, everybody what phone banking oh, is? Phone banking. phone banking is when you call, like we'll give you a list and now we do it online. You just click a link and it'll bring up um, a person's name, might say Erica Wyatt. And then you push the double button on your laptop and it, it's fancy now. It's, back then you had to use your phone, but now it's fancy. <laughs> you can just talk to your laptop and they have a script and you talk to that person and say, um, you know, can we count on your support? Blah, 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 blah. And some people do not like, and I get it. You call on a stranger and to, to talk to them. I get that. But you don't have to phone bank. They need people to do what they call text banking, which they will set up a program. And you from your laptop, your iPad, your phone, you can just send text messages um, to voters. And it's generic. It won't, it's not going to show your phone number. It'll be a generic phone number. So you don't have to worry about people calling or texting you back. Just text. It'll be a message already generated. You don't have to make up the message. So there's mm. text banking. There's there's what we call now lit drops. We used to do door to door, but COVID, of course, stopped you from knocking on someone's door to talk to them about voting. So now that candidate will already have a little packet. It'll be like their flyer, their little, all their info. And then you just drop it on someone's door. You don't have to knock on the door. You don't have to talk to them. Easy. For those people who don't want to talk to people, you can sign up to do lit drops in the, in the neighborhoods. And there's also wait, writing postcards. I've gotten several handwritten postcards uh, from candidates over the past week. Really? Um, and it's from volunteers. Yeah. They have, they'll just write, you know, hi, Erica, we want your support for, you know, XYZ candidate, blah, blah, blah. Um, and volunteers do that at home. They just sit at home and write out postcards, take them back to the campaign, you know, manager, and they send out postcards. Another way you don't have to talk to people, but you're involved. Um, wow. Also dropping off on uh, yard signs. People love yard signs. Mm -hmm. um, I learned that when I worked on Clinton's campaign that people... <laughs> I'm not a big yard sign person. I'm more like, I need you to go vote. But some people, they like, I want all the yard signs I can get for everybody running. But they need people to just drop off yard signs. So there are ways you can get involved without talking directly to people. If that's not, if you don't feel comfortable with that. And right. also, if you feel comfortable talking to people, please sign up. And I can give you a link later. Sign up for phone banking, um, call voters. And a lot of Phone banking is interesting. Uh, sometimes you get hung up on. Sometimes it gets crazy. But then sometimes you get people who are glad you called because they have questions. And right. they're still trying to find out, you know, where to go vote, what time, and just general um, election questions. So you could be a huge asset to people by just volunteering. And um, volunteering for me has led to so many other doors opening up. That Speaking I of expecting. that, can you let, um, I saw an interesting picture on your Facebook page when you were with Dr. Jill Biden. So you mind telling everybody how you got involved with that? If you can briefly tell. And by the, as a matter of fact, everyone, Miss Erica Wyatt cannot stay on long with us because she has a Zoom meeting with an unnamed senator 
I do know who, but I won't say who. So if you could briefly tell us about that encounter with Jill Biden. Uh, well, that was a surprise Monday. Um, I just happened to check my email and they were like, uh, for all your, because I've been doing organizing work here on the east side for um, the state party. Right. They were like, we want you to go out and, you know, go to this event. It was an invite only. There were maybe 40, 50 of us there that were invited to hear her speak. Um, she was fantastic. That was my first time seeing her in person. Um, but besides, I want to say Dr. Jill Biden, um, I've had the, oh gosh, the opportunity to meet, I think my favorite was Congresswoman Maxine Waters. I think she was my favorite. She was like my favorite. <laughs> she was my favorite. She was my favorite. Um, because we, I told her, I said, oh, I love you so much on uh, AM Joy. And uh, I was like, so, you know, like the sun is I skipped church. And so she started laughing. She was like, don't be skipping church. She was so personable that, you know, that night. So hands down, she was my favorite. And Kamala Harris was up there, too, as she was extremely personable. Um, I went to her event. At that time, I didn't quite know who I was. I was just kind of in the primary, like uh, uh, trying to pick, a, <laughs> trying right. to figure out who I liked. And I was sold on her that at that event. Um, really? So yeah, oh. I've had the opportunity, and it is just showing up, <laughs> putting in the work. Um, and I will say, it's not always this glamorous where I, where I'm out meeting, you know, all these people. Because there is a lot of work to be done behind the scenes that's not glamorous. And I think that's what sometimes people, sometimes people, they want to do the glamorous stuff, but not put in the work. But putting in the work to me is more rewarding because you're putting people in office who actually care about you and the community and who are going to be there to work for you in the community. Yeah, sometimes you got to put your bootstraps on pull your, your sleeves up and get grassroots with it. I get it. Well, you know what? Speaking of other women, we're, I'm going to talk to the Georgia people right now just because the majority of my listeners are in Georgia. Can you name some other Black women who are running in Georgia? Some good names just to throw out? Just so people yeah. know their options? Um, for state, because we're trying to, of course, flip um, some seats in the House and in the Senate. So, um, and I got a list here. Senate District 9, and it's sort of like the Kula area, like northern, I guess, part of Gwinnett. Her name is Nikki Merritt. Uh, she's running for Senate against a Republican. Um, she has a fantastic chance of flipping that seat. Um, there's Madeline Jones. Um, she's Senate District 45. That's also a part of Gwinnett County. Uh, okay. Regina Lewis Ward, um, Nikita Hemingway, uh, Mocha Johnson. For anybody in Athens, um, support Mocha Johnson. She's also a she was also endorsed by President Barack Obama. So very strong mm -hmm. woman candidate um, that's running um, here on the east side. Uh, Kelly Rose. She has a good chance of taking the Republican mm -hmm. seat. First time candidate. Um, she is she's fantastic. Um, awesome. Buckhead, if somebody in Buckhead, we got Shay Roberts. <laughs> She's running in House District 52. Um, 
He's also a strong candidate, has a very strong chance of flipping. Um, and then in Senate District 48, um, that's more going towards parts of Roswell, Cobb area. Um, her name okay. is Michelle Oz. Uh, she's a doctor. And she would be the first, um, she would be the only doctor, I want to say first, the only doctor in the Senate as a Democrat. Because we have no, we have, so when you think about talking about healthcare, Medicaid expansion, um, you want a physician <laughs> to bring their expertise to the table. So mm. I think she would be an excellent choice. Yeah, that I didn't know about the sister who was a doctor. That I did not know. That's impressive. So, um, and please, and people can reach out after. I mean, you can definitely give them my social media contact because I do have a list of names all over the state of Georgia <laughs> that we need to get some good representation in. So don't hesitate to reach out and I can give you names of people running in possibly in your district. Well, you know what I will do make it one step better when I publish this, you give me all the names, the file, whatever, I will put it in the show notes because the more, you know, the more, you know, right. And just like the ticker tape says, don't complain if you don't vote people. But I heard you talk about the doctor. So we're going to switch it over a little bit because I know you got to go soon. So how did your your advocacy and politics gear you towards MS? Because I've read that you were diagnosed with that. So do you mind dabbling in that a little bit? Yeah. Um, quick background on that. Um, I have just been accepted into this. Georgia Women's Policy Program. Um, mm -hmm. And the program had just started. Um, just, it started in May. And it was for advocacy because, let me quickly say, there is more you can do in politics besides run for office. We need people to be advocates. We need people to run campaigns, be finance managers, social media. Hey, so many people love social media. These candidates need someone to handle their social media. Uh, we need field directors, people who can get volunteers together and go out and do the door knocking and set up phone banking and all that. So there's so much you can do. So for me personally, I like advocacy, which, you know, speaking out on issues and making that change through legislation. So I just mm -hmm. got in this program. June came and I was on a business trip to Canada and I lost like my vision was extremely blurry in my right eye. So I'm in Canada. Oh my. And I'm there in Canada for a week. And I'm like, okay, I must just have a very bad eye infection because I wear contact lenses. I was like, uh, must just be an eye infection. I got through the week. Nobody, nobody knew at work what was going on. I got back here to the States Friday morning, um, found a doctor who was not my doctor. Um, he just took me in because when I told the perception as what was going on. She kept relaying back and forth to him. I think he was like, I need to see what's going on with her. I went to see him. He started looking around and he was the first person to mention, do you have a history of MS in your family? And I was like, no, not, not that I know of. And I'm like, dude, give me some um, antibiotics <laughs> for my eyes. Yeah, so I, was actually, I had a party to go to the next day. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, I got a party to go to out of town the next day. You know, let's, Let's speed this up. Call CBS. I got to go. And he kept 
looking and he was just like something with your nerve. He was like, you know, you're not saying anything. So I'm like, still, you don't have any antibiotics for this. <laughs> you know, it's just a bad eye infection. And he said, I need for you to go to Emory um, to see a neuro ophthalmologist. I've learned so much about doctors that I never even heard of before. Like, what is a neuro ophthalmologist? <laughs> and I kind of looked at him like, I go to Emory. And mind you, we never met. And he like forcefully looked at me. Looked at me. Real quick for everybody, because a lot of people do not live in Georgia. Emory is a hospital, just to let everybody know. It's a huge hospital here in Atlanta. But go ahead. But he forcefully looked at me and said, Erica, whatever you had planned is canceled. He was like, you right now are legally blind. And I, and I was just, I was just taken aback. Like, okay, we gotta figure this out. So I go to Emory, and he wrote out like a list of tests he wanted them to do, and they took me to their eye center. And I see why he sent me there because they are they were just specialists in all this. And they took me to the eye center, and I noticed the guy was looking like, okay, something isn't right. And I go back in the little area where they started running all these tests. And he says, and I was still, I was still kind of in the world of denial. Like, okay, we're going to get some medicine in a few hours and then I'm just going to go home and rest. And he said, we need to do an MRI of your brain. And I said, my brain is my eye. He said, we need to, he said, there's something black blocking your optic nerve. He said, and we need to make sure it's not a brain tumor. So at that point, it um, so after MRIs were done, um, the neurologists came in the room and they started having me squeeze their hands. They were asking me a lot of questions, you know, had I have balance issues at the time? I didn't really think about it, but honestly, when I thought back, things were happening, um, leading up to that because I had started That's having right. numbness. There was numbness like on the whole, like right side of my body. And it would happen at night. So I would think I just must just be sleeping or laying on my side wrong or something. You know, I wrote it off. I was tired more than I normally be. But once again, you know how we always, well, I'm doing this, I'm working. I'm you just kind of write it off like mm, that's just why I'm tired. So things were going on that I wrote off. And the neurologist said he was like, you have lesions on your brain. He's what? like, there's not a tumor. And I was like, not a tumor. I was like, whew, good. But then I was like, wait, what are the lesions? <laughs> what are you talking? And he said, does MS run in your family? And I'm like, like, why do you all keep bringing this up? Like, I, nobody in my family has this. And the next, after I stayed in the hospital four days. My vision did come back, thankfully. I still have some issues now, but it did come back after a round of steroids, of, of IV steroids continuously around the clock for those four days. Right. Um, a month later, the neurologist confirmed that I had MS. So the questions for me were like, but this doesn't, I thought this doesn't run in my family. Like, but then I learned it doesn't have to be genetic. Um, really? Um, and really quickly, what MS is, it's just like my immune system is overactive. So it'll attack nerves and then it'll take off the protective covering of the nerves and leave them exposed. So it's, it's then causing like flares, like electrical currents are going on, which mm. end up causing the um, lesions. So um, 
that took, I think I, at that point I was feeling good. So I was a little in denial about it. I was like, once again, I'm talking to people who went to school for this. You don't know what you're talking about. I don't have MS. And one morning I got up and I could barely walk from my bed to my bathroom, which is like, you know, the bathroom's in the bedroom. So I could barely walk out. Literally was bumping into the wall. And oh then I, I just I just remember sitting down and I said, okay, well, I guess I got MS, you know. And honestly, at that point, and I know most people probably would have been like, oh, I was just like, oh well, I got MS. And it's like a a burden was just like because I accepted it at that point, it was like yeah. so much was lifted off of me, like, okay, I have it. Now what do I do? What am I supposed to do with you know this? Um, there is no cure. I am on medication. There's, there has been a lot of advancements. So I'll tell people that there has been a lot of advancements. So I am on an injection that I have to inject three times a week. That I hate. Mm-hmm. Um, so I inject myself three myself? times a week with medication. Do you, do you give the injection yourself? Oh, Ooh. I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. Um, I hate it. But you know what? <laughs> oh. I know what I realized listening to you, and I feel that whether it's physically, emotionally, or mentally, when you, when a person can put a name on it, whatever it is, that's when the acceptance comes in the healing, whether it's physical healing, emotional, mental, spiritual, put a name to it. And then let's go plan an action. Let's go, let's go, 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 go. Yep. And you know, let's get it going. So I admire that. Was, that, about that you. That was me. I was like, what what do I need to do now? And I still went back to, okay, you know, I just got in this advocacy program. So I came clean to the um, the director of the program. I said, look, you know, because she knew I had went in the hospital for my vision. And I told her about the MS diagnosis. And she was like, of course, you're going to still be in the program. I was like, you know, was she the woman in the program, of course. So the more we started advocating on issues, I thought it's got to be all this has got to tie in together for this timing for me to just get in this program and then get this diagnosis. How can I now speak out about this diagnosis? I go to the MS Society website and they at that point needed someone in Georgia to Mm. be what they call a district advocate leader. So I applied a few months later. They were like, can you be a district advocate leader? So wow. that has allowed me to speak out about MS. Um, I've had the opportunity to meet twice with my U.S. Congressman, Hank Johnson. He's been so supportive of MS um, initiatives. Um, I was able to go to D.C. and actually met with a lot of our Georgia lawmakers, our senators and congressmen. In their offices on Capitol Hill, which was an experience. That's another whole, whole podcast, but that was an experience. One, <laughs> <I saw laughs> that was an experience. <laughs> and I got to, to talk about um, surprise medical billing. I got to share my story of, and I'll share this really quickly. When you go to a hospital and you think, oh, it's in network, because you look at your car, you know, you may even call and make sure that the doctor, you know, the hospital is in your insurance network, that everything's going to be good. That's not always the case because even though Emory was, of course, in my insurance network, 
one of the doctors who I have no idea who it was that saw me in that emergency room was not in network. So therefore I had to get a separate bill that Ooh. I was responsible for. And that Ooh. happens to people, more people than people realize that you will get a separate bill if it's not a, if that person, if they come in your room and give you a pill or just do your lab work, it's not a network, guess what? You get the bill. So some yeah. people bill have gone tens of thousands of, of dollars and you are responsible for it. So wow. I got to share that story because we're trying to end surprise. There should not be, you should not be at the hospital facing a health crisis and wondering um, is the x-ray technician in network, you know, like at a separate bill, you should not have to be at a hospital thinking about that when you are dealing with the health crisis. So that's one of the pieces of legislation that I've spoke out about is sharing my story of getting a surprise medical bill. You know what? You, you, you really get in the mix of the politics and you see how it crosses over from personal to politics with your MS diagnosis. Wow. Well, we're going to wrap it up since I know you really do have that zoom call with the Senator, <laughs> but are there any other, um, if you can name some websites right off the hand that I will definitely put in the show notes that people can look at in case they want to inquire more. All right. So number one website I would tell you, because I know everybody may not be in Georgia, um, is IWillVote.com. You can go to IWillVote.com, put in your address. You get all types of information, your ballot, um, voting um, locations, ballot drop. Please make sure it's an official ballot drop box. Let me add really quickly. In California, there was a group that was, you probably noticed, that were caught putting up drop boxes that were not official ballot drop boxes. Of course, people use them. Their ballot will not, that ballot is not going to be counted because it was an unofficial ballot drop box. So people are out here playing games. So please make sure you are using an official ballot drop box when you drop off your absentee ballot and make sure remember you can only drop off an absentee ballot in your county so if i live in the cab i can't go to gwinnett and use their drop box it has to be in the cab so i'll just yeah. put that out there um another one if you're in georgia please go to um this mv and i wrote this down mvp.sos.ga.gov it's my voter page it's on the secretary of state website you can just go to the secretary of state in georgia's website my voter page my voter page can be your best friend during election season. It will tell you, of course, where your um, voting place is. It will tell you who represents you in the mm. state house. Because uh, once again, I keep saying people don't know like who their state senator or state representative is. It will tell you who that is. You can also check your absentee ballot um, mm. on the My Voter page. There's a little section at the bottom that says absentee ballot. You can click on it. It will tell you when it's accepted. Um, it'll tell you that if there's something happened that is not accepted. Um, please check that um, and understand that early voting is under that absentee ballot. So even though I went and voted in person early on Friday, I still right. went and checked and it showed that I put in through the, the paper ballot that I put in through the machine that day that it was accepted. So please go to my voter page on the Secretary of State website. 
Um, there's another one called Ballot Ready. It's B A L L O T R E A D Y dot org. Uh-huh. Great website. So you can know uh, where candidates stand on issues. So it breaks it down for state, local, and federal candidates. So for me, who's running in my area, Kelly Rose, I clicked on state. It came up my state candidates and I clicked on her picture and it told me where she stood on like five or six different issues. And it also did the same for her opponent. So please do that to know where people stand on issues that are important to you so you can make informed decisions. Um, And and another one is ballot tracks. Not because it's a familiar name. I said it's good to do the homework unless you already know, but if it's a familiar name and clicking it, that's not a good conscious decision of voting. Um, oh, the last one is ballot tracks. Um, another way you can track your ballot, um, and I will give you the website. Once you put, um, you can go to your state, and it will tell. It will actually go like it will show you. Um, it's in the. It's been mailed. Uh, it'll show. You know, if it's in the office yet, it'll show. You know, the whole process of it getting accepted. Um, So the main thing I want you to remember is if you're doing absentee, please check those ballots. Please get them in by 7 p.m. November 3rd, not postmark, but in a ballot drop box (laughs) by November 3rd. Um, Please make sure you fill it out completely. Um, I would prefer hopefully people do early voting Um, here in Georgia. Early voting is on the weekend. So um, Saturday and Sunday. It's available for you to go and early vote, take your mask, take comfortable shoes, um, be prepared, have your ID ready. Um, Make sure you have everything you need before you get there. Mm. Oh, and if you have have done an absentee, if you requested an absentee ballot and you've changed your mind and said, I want to vote now in person, you can go vote early in person, let them know that, and then they will go through a process of canceling that ballot, you will have to sign off on a form and then you'll be able to vote in person. But you can't just say, and you can't just say, oh, wait, I got a ballot. Mm, I'm going to go vote in person because what's going to happen is it's going to show up where you possibly tried to vote twice. So that has to be canceled. Ooh. So it will, the poll worker will be like, you got an absentee ballot, but then you have to go through the process of canceling that ballot. So it can't right. be done. It'll just take an extra few. So okay. um, that's it. But be informed. Be an informed voter. Get involved. Um, you can give people my social media info, and I can mm-hmm. help them get involved because it's important that you use your voice um, and speak up and speak out on issues um, and support candidates that definitely will work for you and mm-hmm. not against you. Right. I, yes. Not against you. Wait, somebody, can I ask you one more quick question before you leave? Yeah. Oh, hey, Nicole. Nicole said hello. <laughs> <laughs> so look, somebody had texted me. They said they read about voter intimidation. Can you give your opinion about that? Yeah. Um. <laughs> There is a candidate, I'm trying to be nonpartisan on here. There is a candidate who was encouraging um, their supporters to 
go to the polls and be poll watchers and yada, 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 yada. Okay, let me tell you like this. Um, I was on a call a few weeks ago. You have the right to, to go in there and vote. No one has the right to try to intimidate you um, from voting. There's a number I can give, you can put in the um, final um, video uh, for to call in these types of situations. Because trust me, we are very aware <laughs> that there will be people outside the voting places, especially on November 3rd, which is another reason why I'm pushing people to go early vote. I do think they will try to do more on November 3rd than they are now with the early voting. But don't let anybody intimidate you. And I'll give you the number. Question. What does that look like, the intimidation? Like what's the subtle and then the obvious we can get? But what, what are the subtleties that you're talking about? Subtle is, <laughs> I'm going to give you an example. My mom's not on here, so she don't. she won't know I'm Using we want her, her example. Yeah. Um, she did poll work. I'm not from Mobile, so she she was a poll worker down there, and she loves to tell a story of this lady comes in, and she was you know for an, obviously for another candidate, and this was subtle, but she would come in and like stare at people, uh, come stand like whatever in the voting booth, and try to come stand on the side of them. You know, I guess what? starting to make them feel uncomfortable. Not too, you know, blatant, but still just kind of standing around. So my mom, <laughs> who I tell people, <laughs> no filter, <laughs> goes up to her and is like, can I help you? <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> and basically ran the lady off because she was trying to make people feel uncomfortable while they were voting without saying anything, but just her actions of standing close to people, walking around, to give, staring at people to make them feel like, wait, you know, am I doing something wrong? Uh, you know, those feelings. But that was one example of uh, voter intimidation. And of course we know the blatant voter intimidation, you know, the people just kind of standing outside holding up. And they're not supposed to have anyone outside of these voting places with campaign um, shirts and signs is so many feet that they cannot do that but if they go outside of that of course they'll be standing out there with signs and who knows mm. what on November 3rd but um you're you have a right to vote don't let nobody uh, run you off from the voting booth <laughs> no look I bet you that wouldn't happen on Memorial Drive with that kind of intimidation <laughs> <laughs> or on Camilla Road that is not gonna happen <laughs> My mama took care of her. Uh, she was like, and you know, she she was a little bit more descriptive, but you know, she she took care of her and ran her off because she was like, you will. And of course, this is not an all black precinct that she's coming in here to do this. And my mama, like, oh, no, that was she was, was, like, she she was her, like, can I help you? Uh -huh. Was she white? Like, <laughs> and I can hear my mama saying, can I help you? Because I know, I know her voice, so I know. I know how she said it. Oh my God. So, so yeah, and this, and this was years ago. So you can imagine, yeah, it's still going on where people will do this. And also poll workers will have some type of identification, a badge 
and remember right. that. Uh, so if someone just comes up to you in a uh, precinct saying something, they don't have a badge on, you need to then get a get the poll, an official poll worker to come over um, and handle that situation. Right. Again, that will not happen on Candler Road in the South the Cab precinct whatsoever. <laughs> And if it did, I really would like to be a fly in the wall and watch that one. Or even watch watch your mother go off. <laughs> mother Wyatt. Oh, my God. Oh, one more thing. I know, I know we're going to. Okay, one more thing. The oh, paper ballots. When you um, do the electronic voting, um, one, I'm surprised it hasn't come up, this question about the security of voting machines and hackers, because we all heard the story of them hacking voting machines from the previous was it 2016 um, election. Mm -hmm. One thing, election machines are a lot more secure now. So I will say that. So I'm not going to put that out theory out there that oh machines are hacked. They are security has definitely is definitely there for the machines. But one thing I want you to do is when you vote and they give you the printout, please double check that printout. Um, what someone could be counting on is that you don't check that printout. Um, and I saw, it was a study from the University of Michigan and they was like 40% of the people that who they were doing in this little study group did not check that printout. They was just like, no, 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 you know, that's printout and then took it over to the poll worker. And so they were missing errors that were on that ballot. So please, cause Friday I was like this, but make sure <laughs> everybody who I put is on my on this before I, you know, put it through the machine. So please just don't assume that once whatever you punch on the electronic machine and the, the paper that comes out is correct. Just double check it because once you put it in the machine with the poll worker, that paper ballot, then the vote mm -hmm. is counted. So so please, please read and double check that paper printout that you get. Once you vote. Okay. So just want to put that one up. more question for you. If you can go back in the past, one what or who is one politician, male and female, that you have not met, but you would have definitely wanted to meet? Female, I would say Shirley Chisholm. Because, <gasps> that okay. would have been mine. Yes. Um, yes. Man, then you know, it's just personally, I you know, when yeah. she ran, you know, being the first, you know, black woman. Um, and I, if I'm not mistaken, I think I read something about her even having MS, um, uh, once. So, really? and and if that is true, definitely would have just loved to sit down and talk to her about that her journey personally and professionally. So definitely her. Oh gosh. Yeah. And what about a male? Well, I did meet John Lewis, so I can't say him because I did meet him twice. So that was I saw it. those pictures too. Yeah. I did meet probably Barack Obama. And I'm still hoping one day I can meet President Obama. <laughs> but I really would want to meet his mom, Michelle. <laughs> I forever flow this, <laughs> but I would love, and I would just love to pick his brain about being a black man in that space. 
you know, we've we've seen the video, you know, his interviews talking, of course, her interviews lately talking about, you know, what she went through being the first black, you know, first lady of the United States. Um, mm -hmm. but just really sit down and have that conversation of, you know, how he got through that. Cause I, I just I can't imagine the behind the scenes. I mean, we saw we saw some of the public, but I'm sure there was so much that was going on behind the scenes and how he got he's dealt with that and you know still ran this country. So I would just love to have that kind of open All right. Well, Erica, it has been a pleasure talking to you. I learned a lot tonight. A lot. And I'm sure other people learned as well. So we definitely want to have you come back and talk about in detail about your MS diagnosis. It was pretty interesting. But for everybody, the final word of the night is vote. Vote, vote, vote. What's your final word, Erica? I wish you could see my shirt, but my shirt says register, show up, vote, make a difference. Because when you do all of that, when you vote, you are making a difference. So go up please. a little so we can see your shirt, mama. There we go. Yes. <laughs> your vote matters. Um, as they say, if it didn't matter, they wouldn't be trying so hard to take it from you. So your vote will matter. Anybody. Anybody tell you different. <laughs> I love that. And Tammy, she just logged in and she said, thanks, ladies. Tammy Shakur. I love her. Hey, Tammy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, beautiful. Thank you so much. And make sure and send me all that info so that I can put it in the show notes, okay? Thank right. you, everybody. Oh, and everyone, make sure and tune in Thursday, this coming up Thursday. I have my friend, Dr. Adeza. She's a medical doctor, and she's going to talk about how stress affects the body and more of the biological factors. That's all. 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Bye, everybody. See you later. Thank you, Erica. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together. If anything you heard today made your soul vibrate, please like, comment, and share this episode with two of your friends. Thank you and I love you all. This for the queen, sisters manifesting their dreams. Get your cream by any means and being with self-esteem. Beauty supreme and Buddha walk so mean. The way you fit in them jeans, you eat your cornbread and greens. Dance or a doctor, red wine or vodka. Redesign your spot and redefine your mantra. Retwist your locks and realign your chakras. Doing your squats and getting closer to God, huh? Brunching with your squad or taking a girl's trip. Adjust your crown, you guys give to the world, sis. Celestial body, drink your water. Meditate, sun-kissed goddess, heavenly order. Levitate, tribe of Ashanti, black girl magic, melanin popping, whether you ratchet or lavish, whether you bougie or savage, you a gift and a treasure. You got to love a black girl getting a shift together. Black girls are getting a shift together. These black girls getting a shift together, man. These black girls are getting a shift together. These black girls getting a shift together, dog.